0: And welcome to another Odyssey House Journals. I'm Tripp Mitchell, along with Randall Carlisle, and we are in our new studio, and uh, we are looking much higher class. And
1: I see you dressed up for the show. Well, I wore my Odyssey logo shirt here. Yeah. Yes, and... It's good to have you back, by the way. I told people on the podcast last week that we fired you to get a good-looking woman and increase ratings, but that was all just to... Made up story. So it's.
0: So, our get before we get to our good looking guest this time, uh, we had the new physician who is running a big part of Odyssey
1: House. The Martindale Clinic at Odyssey yeah. House. And what an impressive woman. She is incredible. I mean, because she ran all the substance use treatment facilities at uni for a long time. So, we were, Odyssey was very lucky to get her. So, so I met last week a
0: plastic surgeon. I do not look any better. Well, he wouldn't take me off. Oh, he okay. said it was a lost All cause. Right. But, you know, and not to demean someone who goes out and makes a million dollars a year, but, you know, if oh. you've got a chance,
1: our guest from last week is she's, helping. She's sh- dedicated. She cares. She legit, she, you know, it, that's why she got into it. Because I asked her the question. I said, why, why didn't you do something like that, like a neurosurgeon or something, to make a million a year? and she just said, because I saw the need and I I wanted to help all I could with substance
0: use. Well, that's fantastic and it's a really Quite an accomplishment for Odyssey House to get someone of that pedigree. Well, get, it took a million a year. Okay. But, yeah,
1: no, we're a non-profit. We couldn't couldn't afford that. So
0: maybe you were the predecessor. When they were able to lure you away from Channel 4, they knew that they could bring people in from... For cheaper or, because yeah. they could be dedicated. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, it's, you know, we can't pay you, but it's, you know, you're doing a good thing. Sleeping well at night is yeah, the best revenge. There you go. So tell me about our guests this week. I don't know. You, you do know. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I've known Chris for a long time, Chris Muhlstein. and and I guess we can be honest about everything. I yeah. I uh, I I met Chris when he was down and out, uh, living at the road home, on Rio Grande, and I met him, uh, as I was chairing, uh, some twelve-step meetings. And I and, and I'm not trying to reveal names or anything else, but it's we've known each other for a long time, and since then you've. You. Your your story reads like a book. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah. You know, maybe you could just briefly, you know, when 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 I first met you, you were, you you were a, an obnoxious drunk yeah. down on real grand, full blown alcoholic. Yes. Yes, and, it was. And you're still an alcoholic, but you're yes. sober now. But are you still obnoxious? Still got that. Okay, well, good, not, good not like that. when he's not like when he's drinking, <laughs> but that's true of most of us. Yeah. So maybe go through a little of the ups and downs. Okay, I met you. And, and you you would go through a little sobriety and then a little drunkenness and, and yeah. you know, you, you got beat up. Maybe talk about that a little down there, what it was like living at the road home and living down on Rio Grande.
2: It was hell. It's not a good place to be. I wasn't I'm grateful for it, but, yeah, it's not a good place to be. And I had my ups and downs, alcoholic and a lot of things I'm not proud of but there's things I wouldn't change because hopefully I can help others with my experiences that I've had. And,
1: you got an interesting story how you became uh, just totally hooked on alcohol. The, 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 I remember you telling the story once about that you had a legitimate job and you were hiding vodka or whatever. I mean,
2: oh, yeah. I was working at the hospital, I see, and I was drinking on the job. They didn't catch me until they found all the empty bottles up on top of my shelves behind my desk there, so... <laughs> yeah, have you that ever thought about pretty.
0: throwing them away and hiding them? Clearly not. Yeah, I thought about
2: it, but I, yeah, I didn't think about it. Okay, <laughs> you lost. <laughs> your, I did you, it.
1: You lost your job. You lost your wife. Yeah. you lost your
2: house. And then the alcohol just shot up through the roof. I lost everything. So,
1: and maybe recount that the, the one experience uh, where you, that left you in a coma for a little while.
2: Um. Yeah, I was working down on the Rio Grande, and there was a gentleman that wanted to use the bathroom, and I was working on the bathrooms, or the outside permanent bathrooms, and he got upset when I told him he couldn't use the bathroom, and he argued a little bit, and I said, well, you can't use it. Use the other one. He didn't want to use it to go to the bathroom. He wanted to use it to do his drugs, and I wouldn't allow him to do it. I was working on it, so I couldn't allow him to do it, and he left came back with one of his buddies and then we proceeded to kind of argue and got in a fight, all three of us, and then two more guys came up and threw in some chains and I got hit with the chains and that's the last thing I remember. And Then I just went out probably, I don't know, it must have been ten minutes later maybe. I don't remember any of it. And then when I went out I was dead they did CPR on me, and they got, you know, they got a pulse. And I don't remember any of it, but I went to Salt Lake Regional Hospital for probably a week, mm-hmm. and then I was up at U of U for oh, maybe three weeks, give or take a little bit. And that's when I woke up, and. That's all I remember. I thought maybe I just got drunk and had one of those deals where I ended up in the hospital instead of jail. And I seen my daughter had to come in. She was the next of kin. I was divorced, so they went and picked her up in Las Vegas and brought her in. I says, what are you doing here? And she says, oh, dad, you don't know? And I'm like, no. And so she showed me pictures of me. Oh as on life support and I, stuff. You
1: know, I visited him when he was in a coma, and they suspected that he had severe brain damage and might not ever come out of it. So,
0: You know you know what's so scary about this story is that you hear about people getting in fights down at the Rio Grande area all the time and people getting hurt. And I imagine 90% of the people or 95% of the people who saw that story and heard about your situation said, "The heck with it, you know.
1: Yeah. They deserve it. And the number
0: yeah. my percentages are high, no, but no, you're probably head, right.
1: You know, he was down on real grand probably stigma. high on drugs or high on booze and so yeah, that's the
2: stigma, you know. I got narcan three or four times, I think. They're figuring it was an overdose, but they're like, He's not on drugs. Yeah, and so. you were
0: trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And you got the heck did they ever get those
2: guys? Yep. They got them and they're serving their prison terms.
0: How long are they in prison
2: for? Two to fifteen each. I had to go to court and Do you feel like
0: that's in some way, does it make you feel better?
2: Yeah, it does in a way. I don't really have any feelings towards them. To me, they're just not even existent to me. I mean, I'm not glad what they did or anything. I'm just glad to be alive. I mean, I wouldn't have known any difference. I would have just (laughs) went to the other side and been there. but.
0: Yeah, hopefully we won't get, a, the three of us get a chance to do a show from the other side
1: anytime yeah, soon. No, be a, no. it, it would have giant viewership. Okay, that's good. Very Exclusive good from the other side. I mean, can you imagine? It, yeah, be on Zoom. So, so, <laughs> no, this would be bigger than Zoom. And, and you and I have both suffered relapses because uh, we're recovering alcoholics. And it's hard to believe some sometimes how dedicated people can be to drinking. Uh, Chris goes through all that. Sober for a while, then suffers a horrible... And and you you stayed clean for a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. How long? Yeah, I
2: did. I had, like, 14 months, and I was on the Vivitrol shot, and that helped a lot. We talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was down in St. George, and I was coming in once every month. Getting my shocks, I couldn't find it in St. George or Cedar City or anything, so I'd come in Salt Lake, take care of business, once a month, and then I got to the point where I'm like, "Oh, I'm just not gonna go there. I'm fine." Huh. But that was my reservation. Danger. It was a reservation. It was. And every day I'd drive by that liquor store, and then my car got out of alignment, and then it turned in there.
0: It's funny how the uh, it, a lot of many alcoholics had the first Teslas. It could do one thing very well, and that's turn into a liquor store yeah, or a bar. Yeah,
2: it just did. It was hard the first time because I didn't <laughs> want to, but I was. Good you fought the wheel. Yeah, it's like oh, I'll buy you a little bottle, but then oh, you know, if I buy a big one, it'll last longer. I don't have to keep coming back to the store. And, and you're doing... an ecologist
0: too. You know. Yeah,
2: yeah, good buy. It's a yeah. better buy, but it didn't last longer.
1: You know, it just we're got worse. we're laughing about this, but it's it's so typical. Uh, the way an alcoholic thinks, you know, and it, and and you can't, can you define one reason other than your car bearing off the road that you that you started drinking again?
2: Um, I was all by myself in St. George and there's really no excuse. I had that reservation. I know I had it when I went there. My friend Randall here told me probably not, go, don't do it. Don't go to St. Right. George. And I did.
1: Stay with your... 12-step yeah. groups and stay with your Vivitrol and yeah. stay with the people you who know and care about you.
2: Yeah, and I didn't do that.
0: Because I had the same thing happen when um, I was living in Las Vegas and got sober and, and had some good sobriety. And then we, um, my buddy and I, we bought a business over in Kona, Hawaii. And so I would go to Hawaii two weeks a month and then... He and Deb would go the other two weeks and we leapfrog back and forth and once you're away from that home group you lose accountability I think in my case yeah. and it becomes pretty miserable and then you hide it and you know in my case I can remember time zones because I would have to call my girlfriend every night and that was kind of early in the evening in Hawaii so I knew that I, once I'd made that call, then I was off then the hook. You, then you're free. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I'm free. Yeah. And I, and it, you know, it's ridiculous. And I've told this story before, but uh, at the time, my sponsor was a gay guy, and I got, I went to the hotel. I'd gone off on a binge, and I went to the hotel and got him a catalog of Men of Hawaii. And the guy at the gift shop at the hotel laughed at me, and I was up in arms. I said, "What do you don't like, gay people?" And he goes, No, I'm just wondering why you're here every morning at 8 o'clock buying vodka. And <laughs> that was one of those low points that, oh, yeah. you know, and we all have them. And it, the neat thing about recovery is we can talk about those things. Yeah. And I never thought that, you know, Randall and I'd have a TV show talking about our failings, but it's sharing those things that makes, if it helps one other person in recovery, it's well worth it. Sure. Yeah.
1: And he is sober now. Because he came back and entered Odyssey House. Yep,
2: Check so, myself in there.
1: He's an Odyssey House success story. How long
0: were you in? Uh, five days, six days, you were so good that <laughs> they oh, <an laughs> Odyssey? No, promoted i's, you i's, right i's, out of there? No,
2: I was actually in there a little over six months. Yeah. Which is sort of a short stay for some people yeah. at Odyssey. Yeah, now I'm in sober living, I'm doing that intensive outpatient, which helps. And I'm still on the Vivitrol shot. I started that again. That really helps a lot, it does. It
0: what helps. would you say that you learned the second time in sobriety that might be helpful to some of our viewers?
2: Um, I don't know. For me, I was just done. I, it, life does not work for me. It doesn't work with alcohol or drugs or anything. It just can't. It just doesn't function. I did for a minute. And it worked, you know. Years ago, yeah. You know, we I, all did. I lived in Las Vegas too for I don't know, a good chunk of years.
0: And it's yeah. actually there's a tremendously active recovery community in Las Vegas.
2: Yeah,
0: hundreds of meetings a day
2: as well. There I never be. found those there. <laughs> yeah, oh, you <laughs> well, you got to look. Yeah, and and yeah. actually
0: the first meeting I ever went to was in a bar on Charleston, on West Charleston, and yeah. and uh, but you know recovery is everywhere.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Saint
0: George has an active group though. I'd, yeah.
2: Yeah. And Utah's it's big. and Utah's got a lot. It does.
0: One of the great things that I met Randall across the street from our studio over at AA and we started doing this show and what I've learned through this show is that there are a tremendous amount of people who grew up in the LDS faith and never had a painkiller in their life, never had a drink, and a lot of them got into addiction through a painkiller, maybe a back injury or that sort of thing. And when people all of a sudden who've never had a high get them, it It could throw people off.
1: Hello. Hi. (laughs)
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, good spirits.
2: You're you're talking to one of those. Okay. So you never had a... LDS. I mean, I did a mission with the church, all that. Yeah. Wow. So it's just... How old were you
0: when you had your first drink?
2: First drink, I was probably 14. Okay. Warm Budweiser beer and some Everclear with a few buddies. Everclear and warm Budweiser? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) Kool-Aid. (laughs) <laughs> drinking the kool-aid
1: you know <laughs> i hope but it was
2: sugar-free because yeah. i hate to be concerned about you know? Know. that yeah, is truly that. horrible i've That's never a, that yeah. sounds awful <laughs> oh but we acted like it was so good well <laughs> but it wasn't and
0: it did the trick though
2: yeah. yeah you know
0: chris it's funny alcohol the first time you drink it it gives your body a warning because it tastes horrible yeah and that warning if if all of us had, had taken that warning and
1: well, and how many times have you got home and puked and stuff like? And it's like that's a warning, you know. There's, there's, <laughs> I'm never going to do that. This again. isn't good for you. You know, yeah. or wake up in the morning shaking and say, "Yeah, right. I'm never yeah. going to drink again." Yeah. yeah. But in your yeah. case, you started at 14, and then
0: did I mean, you drink at all when you were on your mission?
2: No, 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 no. I didn't. Be you know, I partied in high school and stuff here and there, and dabbled with things, but. I was clean. I went on my mission, came back. I was clean for a lot of years. Got married. I mean, I drink maybe once a year, Christmas, New Year's, or something at a party. Or a few times a year. Okay, parties. Was... Halloween, you know, I mean, if there's Memorial a holiday, Day. I mean, the first yeah, of every month. Tree, Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> tree Day or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I wasn't that bad and full-blown alcoholic. I think I became full-blown alcoholic when I got divorced, and I was working at the hospital like we were talking, and yeah, and then everything just went okay. Gone.
0: We're going to take a short break when we come back. We're going to finish getting Chris's story and uh, hear about sometimes miracles happen. But in the meantime, if you've got some questions, our show is really just kind of information. Um, we love to let people know about recovery. Uh, There's no clear one way or another to do it. Randall just happens to work at Odyssey House, and we were looking for a name of the show, and so we came up with Odyssey House Journals. And Chris will tell you Odyssey House is an amazing place, but it's not the only place, and there are plenty of ways to get sober, but we're encouraging everyone to do it. And if you've got a neighbor, family, friend, anyone, we're going to put the number up on the screen, and Randall's going to read it for you to Odyssey House
1: and call that number. I can't see the bottom of the screen, but I'm guessing it says... 801-322-3222. Yes, and basically because (laughs) their old number was very confusing and Randall had to
0: remember it, so they went out and got a new number. Got a
1: simple number. But
0: if you call people, they've got people there who will help give you great advice. You know, if Odyssey House is amazing because there's scholarships available. But there's some other great treatment centers out there that can help you. And the important thing is to, if you have a question, pick up and call because there are so many Utahns. We're going through the same thing that you or your loved one is going through, and we've come out the other side, and things are pretty darn nice. Right, we we'll, hope to stay there. We do, we'll be back we after do. the short break. And welcome back to Odyssey House Journal. Randall Carlisle, Tripp Mitchell. We're here with Chris, and Chris, you were telling the story about getting into Odyssey House, but, but back up for a second. What were you doing at the hospital that you could drink vodka all day?
2: <laughs> you were a I was. No, no. Yeah. I Brain was, surgery. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually doing that. I was in sleep medicine, polysom- polysomnography. So, there's a certain is irony thing. there. Okay, sleep. I wasn't sleeping, well, yeah. halfway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was in the sleep medicine, sleep disorders, and things like that.
0: And you'd been there a while. You're making good money.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've been there. But it your secret, a
0: little, secret little friend was in the uh, desk.
2: Yeah, and vodka. The, and then the beast was awake. You know, the beast inside. What time would
0: you start drinking during the day?
2: Well, the liquor store opened at 11. Okay. So probably around lunch because I'd walk over to the liquor store right there by the hospital across the bridge. Now you can, I guess, build a building, but I wish I had that before. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have walked the long way probably as much. But, yeah, just about noon, start drinking.
0: And no one ever noticed?
2: Not that I know of. They no. must have, though, because then they went and checked and then they found.
0: Yeah, because vodka, one of the misnomers <clears throat> is that vodka is odor-free. It's not. Uh, no, no,
1: no. No, you can smell it on someone's breath. You yeah. can smell it through your
2: pores. Yeah, that's yeah. true.
0: And uh, it. one of the great lines that I heard in an AA meeting one time and... Guy got up and was talking about his drinking career, and he goes, "I didn't drink for 12 years, and then I turned 13." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you got into Odyssey House. They took you in that first day. Was it scary? What was that like?
2: Yeah, it was scary and it's different. You know I been in, I went to rehab before one other time I went to Seventh Street, okay, which is a great, great place, and that's where I got you know my sobriety for a while. And then I got away from the community. I got away from calling my sponsor, taking care of things, reading the book, doing little things that I needed to do. And those are the important steps. If you stop them,
1: pretty you, soon you don't have that falls. connection. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then you're on your own and it's easy to hide it from others when you're alone. Away from everybody. Yeah. You know. I'm sure I'd call my sponsor and He'd kind of know, you know. Chances are he probably really did know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, chances are. And I don't know, so I checked into Odyssey. I mean, it's always scary going into a different situation and start learning. And for me, the hardest was probably probably the first two weeks, maybe three weeks, getting into that change, you know, and fighting the beast and fighting myself and just sticking in there. Because I, I was a self-admit. I didn't have anything holding me there but myself and alcohol and drugs. That's what held me there and that's what I had to fix, you know? And Odyssey House is different. it's They focus on your behaviors of why you're doing what you're doing, when you're going to do it and how, you know? I mean... They do the 12 steps we were talking earlier. They have 12 steps in there, but it's more behavioral-based, so you can figure it out yourself. Well,
0: and the interesting thing, and Randall and I talk about it a lot with guests, is that you work your way into an addiction. Yeah. It doesn't just happen by accident. Yeah. And, and you don't plan for it. No, <laughs> no yeah, and, and it's funny to, to hear people talking about people who are addicts like it's a choice they make. That couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah. No one wants to ruin their lives. Yeah, but it does happen. But the good news is, is that with great behavioral health like you received, you can all of a sudden figure things out. And do you have a? Do you think about drinking much?
2: Not really, not now. I mean, I haven't for a while. I mean,
0: not till I brought it up right now. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> no, mean, thanks, the, I really
2: haven't had urges or things like that. I mean, once in a while you get them. I could be watching TV and someone has here I got a hundred year old brandy yeah I have some yeah I want to sip, but no I don't you know cuz I know what it'll lead to because that one sips not enough ever no, ever ever is it enough
1: and he's on Vivitrol and the, and the interesting thing about Vivitrol is and, and is it decreases your cravings for it i mean can you I've I, tried it, to figure that out because i asked you about that
2: well it really does and i put it to the test when i was in st george you know i'm like okay 28 days you know i've been 20 you know when i started doing the dabbling and getting drinking again and yeah about 28 days it's worn off of me and you have to wear your necklace or a bracelet so why is that in, so in case you have an accident You know, because it blocks all your, is it the hidden receptors? Receptors that it blocks. And so if you were hurt and they give you pain medicine or something, it It would do no good. So, how do they go about
0: taking care of your pain?
2: Well, they can do different medicines, or they can if they have to, I believe they can reverse the effects of it. Really? Yeah, I've heard Hmm. that. That's what I've heard. So. I don't know. Let's hope you it know, never I heard happens. That, I heard that from an alcoholic, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, that
0: would be the first time that one alcoholic gave some misinformation to another. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that would be the first time yeah. in the probably. history of man. You know, it
2: would be like the dream, huh? Yeah. Reverse it. it yeah. yeah, exactly. Let's let's yeah. get out of this thing. Yeah. So
0: now you're in a you're in a kind of a recovery community where you live there. What, did, what was your term for it? I'm sorry.
2: Uh, sober living. Sober living. Intense about patient. That's What's that what like? In. It's intense. No, <laughs> it, it's it's relaxed, you have to you have to be dedicated and you have to really want to be sober as as you wanted to be drunk or high. You know what I mean? And put that effort into it. But it's possible and I just encourage everyone that has a problem if they're ready to go and check in somewhere. There's like we were saying, there's scholarships that, you know, rehabs offer and Odyssey does, definitely they take Medicaid and all that. If you don't have insurance, you get in there, they'll get you on Medicaid. Um, the possibilities are just, they're limitless. There's more possibilities to get sober. Well, as many to get sober as there is to be high or drunk. There really Yeah, there best. are
1: almost as many treatment centers as there are bars now. So there really that's, are. That's, that's there really sign. are. And, you know, you and know? the thing the thing I think is that's encouraging about the whole treatment community is, in the old days, it, it, people would say, "Well, I want to get into rehab, but it's going to cost me thousands and thousands of dollars." And while you might not get into a posh rehab place, uh, you can, if you have no money at all, or no ability to pay, you can get into rehab and a good rehab program—one that would be like Odyssey or First Step or House of Hope—or I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of them that take Medicaid or scholarship people, and so a lack of money is not an excuse not to get into treatment yeah. and that used to be
0: yeah and that's a really good point point. and we one of the really nice things about doing this show is we met some amazing professionals in recovery business and virtually all of them had been an addict at one time or another for something and their empathy and their many of these people could be making tons more money in different jobs but yet they feel pretty great about being in recovery
2: has a purpose yeah
0: you're yeah. You know, I was joking about the plastic surgeon in Hollywood who's doing a <laughs> great job but you know if you've got a chance to wake up in the morning knowing that you're going to affect someone's life
1: in a positive fashion
0: that's pretty good reason to get out of bed look
1: at it like this better sobriety or better boobs <laughs> yeah well which is more <laughs> meaningful in life is, is, well, that, is, that, is this an open book test? <laughs> yeah.
0: But it, it, you know, we, and again, going back to your guest, the brand new young lady who's. Dr. Now, Paula Cook. Yeah. yeah, Dr. Cook. I mean, we've got someone who's really out there to try to help people. And that's the important yeah. thing. And the state of Utah, got to give a hats off to the state of Utah. The perception would be is this state would not be as generous as it is towards the rehab and rehabilitation community as they are, but they're doing
1: amazing work. Yes. Including the LDS Church. I mean, for, for years, I think there was a lot of denial that, well, none of our members are suffering from these, these issues. But now they have their own, you know, they have their own the 12-step program. and We
0: actually had an AA bishop on the show one time who was in recovery. That's right. Yep. That's right. Which yep. that you wouldn't have. And Randall, when the COVID-19 thing started, he had a great line we used on the show. He goes, when I moved here back in the 80s, if you would have told me there was a time when the bar, excuse me, when the liquor stores are open, and the church is closed, I would have thought the world had flipped on its axis. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I think of that. Yeah, but Chris, yeah. thanks so much for being here. Really, you're a great guest and you tell a wonderful stay story. Stay sober, my yep, friend.
2: I will. And I encourage everyone to stay sober, get help.
0: And, again, if you get a chance, please reach out. Talk to someone, as Randall and Chris were just saying. The recovery community here in Utah is great, and we've met literally 60 people now on this show who are doing great. doesn't stick for everyone, but, boy, the vast majority, if you do the work, you get a great life out of it. For Randall, I'm Tripp, thanking everyone. Chris behind the dial this week. Lee is on another project. And we'll see you next time right here on Odyssey House Journals. Thank you.